Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service, and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Planner. The ML Sports Planner is back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. And by the way, if you don't know how to do that, Simply put in a Google search or go find your podcast icon. For example, on an Apple phone, you find the purple podcast button. Tap it, then hit search, and then type in ML Sports Platter. Hit the subscribe button. It all takes about 15 seconds of combined time. And you will get new and archived episodes delivered right to your smartphone device. We are brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and our great friends at CNY Electrical. Go ahead and log on to cnyelectrical.com. Greater New York State, Greater Central New York. You won't find a better electrical company than Sean and his team. Visit cnyelectrical.com. Commercial and residential, CNY Electrical, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And a big tip of the cap, thank you to the Swan and Whitaker families, as well as our friends at the Al and Angus Pub. I'm going to kind of go all over the place during this podcast, um, just kind of hit on some hot button topics that uh, I, I wanted to get to, <clears throat> you know, in full. Um, probably going to hit hit three things, hit hit three main main things that you know, not just are um, out there and important, uh, but but that are you know, for me. Uh, really, really bothering me, you know. Um, and th- the first one I'm going to to get to is is just the NBA in general. That is a league right now that's just an embarrassment. And from the beginning. Of, of so many problems to the end of so many problems with the league. It's why I don't watch the NBA at all. I tried to get into it a few years ago. I really did. <clears throat> I decided, I'm like, you know what? And I've seen LeBron James play in person. I saw him play in New York, and I made it a point with my best buddy when we were down there because I said, look, you know, I, I, I want to see him play to say that I saw LeBron play. Um, even though the NBA, yeah, I'm not... <clears throat> you know, as as big of a uh, you know NBA guy as I am with all the other pro sports, um, and and really, frankly, college sports for that matter, <clears throat> you know as well. But you know, in, in Steph Curry's in the league, and I love Steph, and I'd love to be able to, I'd love really to be able to see him play too. Um, but I wanted to make sure that it wasn't the same mistake that I made with Kobe in that I kind of tuned out, you know, 
I kind of went away when MJ retired. You know, Michael Jordan was my guy, like so, you know, so many millions of others around the world. Um, <clears throat> you know, I grew up on the '80s NBA with Magic and Bird, and then and then Jordan, Jordan taking the torch and the amazing, you know, triple headers. Um, and so you had Jordan and Magic and Bird and Drexler and Barkley and Malone and Sean Kemp and. Um, you know, Dominique Wilkins and John Stockton. And I mean, it was, you know, the, the 80 mid to late eighties into, you know, through the late nineties were just, it, it was epic NBA. I mean, it really, really was the Celtics Lakers rivalry into Jordan and the Pistons and the Jordan dynasty and retiring and coming back and a couple little things in between and Shaq and Penny in Orlando. And then Shaq goes to LA and you had Tim Duncan come on the scene in that time. Um, you know, you had the Jazz. You had so many teams that couldn't get over the top because of Michael Jordan. That was the time. That was the era that I love. And I'm not trying to be the guy who say, "Well, everything was better when I was." Everything was ever. But I am a believer that the NBA was better then. And I think because I loved it so much, and Jordan retired, I was part hurt, you know, as a sports fan, and part like this product just isn't as good, you know. It, it just it just isn't as good. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that these guys aren't the best athletes in the world. I think they're amazing basketball players. I think LeBron's amazing. I think Davis is amazing. I think Kawhi's amazing. I mean, I think they're Giannis. I think they're all amazing. Curry. I've said that Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time. And he's the second most impactful NBA player of all time after Michael Jordan. Because of how kids have gravitated to him, to him and how the game has completely and utterly changed you know, with a three-point shot <clears throat> and the distance he shoots it from and the pure and utter ridiculousness of him being able to create a shot, you know? <clears throat> but that that was my era. But I, I didn't want to, a few years ago, I didn't want to make the same mistake. Like, I went away from the league when Kobe was in his prime. I watched probably a couple games here and there and obviously a bunch of highlights, but I didn't stay in, locked in. I wasn't glued to the television. I sort of was kind of an outsider to the Lakers dynasty with Phil, Shaq, and Kobe. I know a lot about it. Uh, I watched hit and miss playoff games. Um, you know, there were times maybe where I was at like a party with some buddies, and you know the game was on, and you know I'd watch a quarter and then walk away. But I wasn't like glued into it. It wasn't like a you know, Game 7 of a World Series or Stanley Cup playoffs or the NFL playoffs uh, or the college football playoff. Um, it, it, it wasn't anywhere near college March Madness, you know, nothing like that. Um, and so I didn't want to make that mistake again. I didn't want to just bypass LeBron, bypass Steph Curry, bypass all the other terrific players. But the game, it just bothers me because... When you just talk on the floor, I hate the rule changes the NBA's made. You can't hand-check people. It's super soft. Um, the defense is just not there. Uh, while guys can make you know any open shot, and, and, and they're the best players in the world, and they're amazing athletes and all that, <clears throat> the product just doesn't seem as good to me. And then you have a tweet that came out that really spurred this podcast. It's from my good buddy Dan Forsina, who's the head basketball coach at Bryant and Stratton College in Syracuse. One of the best people you'll ever meet. 
Terrific, terrific guy. Heck of a coach, up and coming. And he tweeted it out, and I work with the folks over at Bryant Stratton College. I've just enjoyed the partnership with them so much here on the ML Sports Platter. It's been so much fun, and they're all great people. <clears throat> and I can't thank Bryant Stratton College enough for their support. And by the way, you can go to bryantstratton.edu to find out about upcoming two- and four-year degrees. Classes are always starting soon at Bryant Stratton College the official college of the ML Sports Platter. But Dan had replied to our good buddy Dave Paziak, who's been in the coaching world for uh, quite some time, um, for Linden Basketball now, and, and has been in the community college ranks, and, and, and Dave's a friend of mine as well. And we were going back and forth. It was opinion pieces back and forth, and, and we were just you know sharing <clears throat> thoughts with one another. And David tweeted out, biggest game of NBA season so far tonight, Sixers and Brooklyn Nets. This is back on April 14th, so as I record, this is, you know, a couple days ago. Biggest game of the NBA season so far tonight, uh, Sixers and Brooklyn Nets. Winner has the tiebreaker and inside track on the number one seed in the East. Hashtag here they come 76. Dan then replied and said, no Aldridge, no Griffin. Uh, we know, why, you know, perhaps with the Aldridge thing, right? But no Aldridge, no Griffin, no Durant. Regular season NBA means absolutely nothing. If it mattered, Durant would play in this game. Tied atop of the East in April should be a huge game. Load management has ruined the NBA regular season for me. Bunch of softies. I retweeted it. I liked it. <clears throat> you know, I couldn't have agreed more with it. Because that's another problem that I have with the NBA. I absolutely, positively cannot stand the load management thing. I'm not saying you have to play at 82 every year. I'm not. But guys just sitting out during really important games, a la this one, bothers me. The Buffalo Sabres were on an 18-game losing streak this year. Many of their players went out day after day, practicing, working hard, playing in every single game to try and win a game. And I had replied to Dan and said, ding, 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 it's why I don't watch a minute. League is a joke. Kevin Durant doesn't care a third as much as a fourth-line defenseman on any NHL team. The NBA is trash, which I believe. Period. End of discussion. My comment was an effort comment. It was an effort tweet. Dan then says, which was correct, top of the league doesn't care about home court and playoffs. Bottom of the league tanks for better odds and drafts. So now you're, you've dwindled the NBA regular season down to a handful of teams in the middle that are playing for the right to a first-round playoff exit. Sweet. Could not be more right. Such a spot-on comment. I reply, it's still beyond me how people can defend the league and then say hockey is boring. The NHL is far better than the NBA, and the athletes are actually better and do it on skates. Oh, and have triple the practices and never set out games. Now, Dave then replied and said, NHL only gets a fraction of the viewership or following of the NBA, so the majority of people don't share your opinion. Okay, but I also understand that. I was making a <clears throat> statement first. It was based on um, it was based on effort and product. Just because the majority of people like something. That doesn't necessarily mean that the product is always great. There's still another huge fraction of people 
who don't think the product is great. I'll give you another example. <clears throat> racing. I don't watch racing. I don't like racing. I don't watch cars go in circles for three hours. Does that mean that I don't appreciate the racers? Of course not. Do I understand that it's still a sport? Absolutely. Do I understand the popularity of the sport? 1,000%. And I hate it when people say 100% or 1,000%, but I just used it there because of how much I do understand the popularity. I've been to Charlotte. I've been to racing markets where people are literally slurping and, 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 and uh, they eat, drink, breathe, sleep, and, and, and just, you know, they're nuts about their racing. I've ridden on the track of the Daytona 500 when I was a little kid. We went on a trip in, in that area. We somehow got into the Daytona 500, and I rode around in the car. I remember it to this day. We went way up on the ramp at, like, you know, whatever it was, 20 miles an hour, or maybe not even that much, and I couldn't believe that guys go, like, 100 and whatever miles an hour on these ramps, and most guys survive doing that. <clears throat> the speed, the control, the mind, the athleticism, the balance, the things you need to do in a car, the wherewithal. I mean, it's it's wild. Racing is wild. But I don't like it. You know? I don't like it. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not... I'm not, I'm not a fan, you know? I just, I'm not, but I understand the popularity. I do. And it's just, it, 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 it's craziness. But the, the load management stuff drives me crazy. The insanity it, it, of, of everything that goes on, it drives me absolutely nuts. And then you have all the other issues in the NBA as well. You know, I mean, the effort and, and the product and everything else stinks. It's horrible. Horrible. And then you've got the inconsistent social stuff, the inconsistent politics, right? All that sort of thing. But I wanted to address those tweet, tweets because I thought Dan really nailed it. You know, that that the product of the NBA, I mean, guys sitting out in the most important games, it is absolutely positively absurd. I'm going to get to a couple of other big-time topics here, but I wanted to introduce an official legal analyst at CBS Sports Radio and uh, the fan and, and a Fox Sports Radio uh, legal analyst as well, national correspondent. She's a two-time Emmy winner. We're going to get into some uh, uh, topics around the sports world, some Deshaun Watson. You can follow her on Twitter, at Amy-TV, at Amy-TV. Amy, welcome to the podcast. I'm great, thank you. What's next for Deshaun Watson? I mean, this oh, is getting so crazy. What's next for, for this whole situation? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question. Right now, it seems that the women who are cooperating with the Houston Police Department, it's up to five women. So I think what the most serious thing he has to contend with now is the police investigation. And we're going to have to wait and see whether the police have enough evidence to give over to the prosecutor that would warrant formal criminal charges. And then on the civil side... There's been a motion to for the women to have to disclose their identities, which I believe they've done. So that that could be a very long process on the civil side if there's no settlement. So it's really hard to tell you know, what's going to happen next. This could be a potentially slow process, and we may not hear anything until the start of football season. Okay, so you're an official legal analyst. Um, 
what goes into that title and, and how did you get started in, in this area of work? Uh, so I'm available pretty much for the stations that I work for technically um, whenever really big sports law news breaks. So whether an athlete's arrested or uh, an owner's arrested or something's happening with legislation related to the NCAA, things like that, sports betting. Um, I got started because I, well, I went to law school, but with the intention of becoming a legal reporter. And then I went to um, the Bronx, News 12 The Bronx and News 12 Brooklyn, which is where I started my reporting career. And I was carrying around 60 pounds of equipment and one man banding and driving around, um, you know, pretty dangerous areas where uh, crimes were happening. That's where they were sending me. And morning shifts, night shifts, you know, um, bad weather holidays, just working and paying my dues. And then I ended up working for WCBS, which was the New York flagship. And I was a news reporter there. And um, when I had my first child, I decided to shift into doing more legal analysis for some of the stations. And I was primarily working in news. And then um, somebody had tipped me off to uh, fight an MMA fighter, Nick Diaz's marijuana suspension. And I started covering that. And um, somebody that I know recommended me to the local uh, New York State radio station, the sports station there. And um, around that time, it was the Aaron Hernandez trial, so they needed somebody to speak about that. So that's sort of how I started, and, and then I just began expanding from there. Have you ever gotten into a spot where you've, you've covered these huge things and gone, man, th- this, this one's going to be a challenge. I- I'm a little overwhelmed here. And, and how do you overcome that? Not really, because my personality is that I... You know, I love to learn and I love to educate myself and I don't mind leaning on other people when I need to. So I ask a lot of questions and I do a lot of research and I really make sure that I'm prepared. I don't want to be not accurate with what I'm saying. It's very important for me to be fair and to not only be accurate, but also spread that knowledge to other people in a really simple and easy to understand and entertaining way. So because of that. Um, I make sure that if I'm not up to date on something, I really educate myself on all sides of it. And if that means reading, you know, dozens of pages of legal reports or statutes and getting up to speed on that, even if I'm doing it on my free time, that's sort of what I do. Amy Dash, our guest here on the ML Sports Platter, official legal analyst, CBS Sports Radio, the fan and Fox Sports Radio on Twitter, at Amy Dash TV. You've got a couple of Emmys. Where do those uh, get stored? from my reporting days and some of them I earned with other people as part of a team and um, some of them were from stories that I enterprised myself and um, yeah I am very proud of those because those didn't come easy that was when I was really working very hard as a general assignment news reporter and uh, it's it's a grind it's certainly a grind to come up with your own stories get them done under deadline and then to get noticed for them is um, a, a big honor for me. So do you think I don't store them anywhere? Promptly, <laughs> so <I think> I <laughs> <should>. <laughs> nice. Do you think that, um, and I don't expect, and I'm sure you don't either that social media and technology will slow down anytime soon. It's just going to keep expanding. There's going to be more, 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 obviously. Um, it's not like we're going to go back to a VCR and we're going to go back to, you know, no cell phones or something anytime soon. But, um, Having said that, as we move on in time, do you think we're going to look back at certain careers? LeBron James specifically comes to mind at the top of all, where we're going to go, hey, 
Yeah, not only was he one of the greats of all time, he's on an all-time NBA team. Some consider him the greatest of all time, blah, blah, blah. The most hyped athlete of all time, coming right out of high school to, to, to the NBA and dominating and literally being one of the best players right off the bat. Okay, all that's nice, but look what he look look at the era he did it in. He did it when the internet really really mushroomed. He did it when social media came about. The pressures, everybody's got a camera. Everything you say is scrutinized. That is a brutal brutal thing to have to handle while being a professional. Do you think Amy that we're going to look back on these kind of athletes in this time and go, "Wow, that was pretty amazing" because after all, the Ali's, the Jordans, right? They didn't have this era. I think they didn't, but I think they also had probably just as much pressure in a different format. I mean, they had a, a lot more um, news organizations. So like paparazzi type stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. Following yeah. them, you know, they couldn't live their lives. And also they had less control over their message. And I think that LeBron James has more control over his, his message because he doesn't have to go to the press to get it out. He can put it out on social media or he can contest things on social media and say, hey, I never said that or that's not true or how, here's how I feel about it. Also, I mean, Jordan did this in a sense with, with the shoes and everything else, but I think it was a slower building of an empire for some of these other athletes. You know, it was something they had to ease their way into and other people controlled it. Whereas LeBron James, I think has more flexibility to control his own media empire now. Um, and, and the messages that he gets out through that. That's a great point. That's really well said. I, I think controlling, it's funny because you think, well, you, you can control your message because you can put it out there. Then by the same token, it doesn't matter what you do on social media. Uh, you, can, you can be the most positive person in the world and somebody's still going to come at you. Uh, some troll is still going to come at you. In the final minute or, or so. there's a block mechanism. <laughs> that, yeah, they're, they're, right, but there, there Which is. I but frequently just because I don't like the negativity. But sure. you're right. I mean, listen, it's. If I could do away with social media, part of me says I would. Part of me says there are advantages to it because it's actually a great networking tool. It is. And a lot of opportunities have come. So I would say just try to focus on the positive and just block the negative. Well, I know that the block tool is there, and I've used it as well. But but when you when you tweet or when you do something on social media, you've opened up the dialogue. You've already done it. You've already You've already done it. You've already opened your message. You've already open that anybody can reply to you so then when a tr- like trolls come at you and then you don't go back and forth there's also the element of well then why did you tweet it in the first place when you know people are going to come at you and then you just hit the block button and you just ended the conversation but you started it so well, you have to see what you're comfortable with and for me starting a conversation is about hearing different perspectives me being educated and also being able to offer knowledge to other people so if it strays from that and it becomes negative to the point of language that's unacceptable or do you know that somebody is just sort of antagonizing the situation or saying things that are offensive or hurtful to people just for the sake of doing so and they're not just offering a disagree uh, you know an opinion where they disagree with something then i think it's it's counterproductive so it's okay to block but i think if people just disagree or they have other perspectives it is important to listen and let those people respond if like you said you're the one that initiates the conversation I like it. Final thing in the minute that I have left or so, what what are you enjoying right now watching in, in sports? I know you're a big Nick fan. They seem to, R.J. Barrett's a hell of a player, but uh, I, I, I know that there's a lot going on. What, what are you enjoying? What have you tuned into here the last, uh, I don't know, several months as we're hopefully getting back to a normal sports world? 
Yeah, well, you know, I wish I could watch more sports. I have children, and I do have a life outside of the sports stuff. I actually work other jobs. I run a production company um, because the sports stuff is just a side thing. It, you know, there's not enough money in it for what I do as a contributor. I'm not in the station on a daily basis running my own show. So um, I have a lot going on. So really right now I'm just tuned into basketball. That's always been my passion. But I do try when I can to, you know, catch – some other games. I, I actually love baseball. I would say even though I cover football the most, mm-hmm. it's probably the sport that I'm the least interested in only because I didn't grow up playing it. I grew up playing softball and basketball. So that's what I love um, because I, I know the rules really well. Um, and for football, it's been a bit of a learning curve. Though I've been doing this for seven years now and I have family members that are very into it. So I'm able to watch the games now and I, I know about the players obviously, but baseball and basketball I would say are the ones I love. Very cool. At Amy-TV on Twitter, go follow her national correspondent, two-time Emmy winner and a legal analyst, CBS Sports Radio, The Fan and Fox Sports Radio. Amy, thanks so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay, thank you. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then, we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it cash back match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. You know when you order a new video game or a golf club or a blender and then it arrives at your door, you get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at Home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable law. See dealer for details. Everyone knows homemade is better, but some things are hard to make at home. Until you have your Glowforge, the 3D laser printer that fits on your desk and makes beautiful homemade things in minutes. Discover just what's possible at Glowforge.com. That was an awesome interview uh, with Amy. <clears throat> really has a pulse on uh, the legal world in sports. ML Sports Platter brought to you by our great, great friends over at Welch & Company Jewelers, Bryant & Stratton College, Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and the Allen Angus Pub, home of the best Star Angus Burger in town. Go get it in and around Central New York, Harrison Street. Go see my friends at the Allen Angus Pub, Allen Angus Pub. <clears throat> um, I'm going to hit a couple of, of quick topics here uh, to wrap in, in just a minute, but I think, you know, the NBA thing, the criticism going back to it, it, like it's warranted, the absurd nature, the inconsistency, the social and political stuff, inconsistency of all that, it's just gotten absolutely out of control. And the one thing that I didn't mention that I do want to mention is that LeBron James is the face of the NBA, and LeBron James is the spokesperson, technically, for the NBA, right? And you have, and and I know that somebody might listen to this and say, oh, well, you're just trying to copy what Clay Travis is saying, and I'm not. I do listen to Clay all the time, but I also agree with him, and I think that more people need to speak on real issues like him that's why I listen to him, because he lives in a real world. He doesn't live in pretend world. And the NBA is pretend world, because you look at all of the things that go on where they criticize, 
left and right everything that's going on in our country. They criticize uh, leadership groups. The NBA criticizes the police. The NBA will do walkouts. You know, the the Black Lives Matter movement uh, has become so out of control and so inconsistent, you know, and yet by the same token... You know, you, you, you go over here and, you know, there's there's mass murders and there's there's gangs and, and everything happening every single night in major, major, major markets every single night in NBA markets and huge NBA markets. But they don't talk at all about those things, right? They don't talk about China. China is disgusting. China is a communist, uh, a, pretty much a dictatorship going on with zero at this point rights civil rights zero anything zero quality of for for human beings they don't crush china they don't destroy the way they're operating their country they don't destroy that area that is a basketball crazed country hello because lebron james needs to sell space jam too and they need to keep selling shoes and keep selling jerseys. So there's all that going on with the NBA as well. And so when you compare that to, you know, I don't see the NHL doing that. I don't see the hypocrisy reigning in in the in 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 the NFL in in that regard. I mean, you don't you don't hear, you know wicked criticism of things in our own country and then not criticizing maybe a, a country that is enhanced in, in the football world. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a, the same situation. Major League Baseball is not doing that stuff. You know, I mean, you don't see hypocrisy and inconsistency in, in to that level of, of the NBA in China. I mean, give me a break, you know, give me a break. And the league is just, it's just not good. Load man. I mean, listen, why should I care about Kevin Durant when he doesn't care? Right? Like, why should I care about LeBron James when he just decides he doesn't want to play with load management? Why should I care about Kyrie Irving when he doesn't care? Right? There's so many prima donnas, so many babies. They're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they just decide to sit out, you know, one of the biggest games of the year. It, it, it's, it's, it's absurd is what it is. It's absurd. And then one final point, too, was that home court advantage got brought up into this, which is, which is hysterical because, you know, and David mentioned it, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, I mentioned the effort thing, and then he had come back and said something about, you know, the, the NBA, and I'll try to bring up the tweet here, but, you know, the, the NBA, uh, you know, matters the most with home court. You know, like the NHL, I mean, come on, you know, you can just get in there and you can be an eight seed and, um, you know, you can go to the Stanley Cup Finals. You, know, you can, you can, and then I, I had added, too, that, you know, wild card teams in baseball have done it. NFL teams, I mean, look at the Giants team with Eli Manning, you know, the wild card team going into Lambeau. We have seen it in other sports, but the NBA, the home court advantage, is a huge deal. There's no question. Uh, there's absolutely no question about it. But, hello, hello. That 
proves the point even more that NBA guys should not be sitting out these games during this particular time of the year. Because, folks, NBA home court advantage does matter that much more. So guys sitting out in the NBA when they could be enhancing their chances to get a top seed and get the home court and get to the NBA Finals, it proves my point even more. It's absurd. If home court advantage means that much, and I found the tweet, then they shouldn't be sitting. That's even more of a reason to not sit, Dave, and other people. Right? Like, he wrote back to each his own. I like the novel to the outdoor games, and that's NHL. But beyond that, the NHL regular season just doesn't capture my attention at all. Fine. Home ice advantage in seating in hockey is less significant statistically than home advantage in any other sport. That is true. So then what also applies is NBA guys, you know, in the middle of April, when they are jockeying for a top seed to get that home court where it matters even more than hockey, <laughs> okay, they shouldn't be sitting out these games. That's the point. If it matters more, then don't sit out. Home court advantage, you want to sew that up. It matters more. Same thing with the NFL. That's why you don't see guys sitting out in the NFL until it's absolutely the end game. If you know you have home co- home field s- sewn up, if you're the Chiefs and you're 14-1 and one, or 13-2 and two, and you know that you're going to have home field, you know you're going to have a one seat, okay, you can sit Patrick Mahomes in the last friggin' week. But not in the middle of April when you have a chance to get home, home court in the NBA and you're a superstar, one of the top five players in the game, and you're sitting out. It's a joke. The NBA is absurd. The rules are horrendous. The product is terrible. Load management is ridiculous. It's apathetic. They're crybabies. Prima Donna's making millions of dollars. The Black Lives Matter movement is wildly inconsistent. LeBron wants to defund the police. I mean, look, if if you want to defund the police, if you if you want to go fix the police and retire from basketball and go join go join go join the LAPD. Right? The politics, the social stuff, it's wildly inconsistent. Supporting China, inconsistent. Whatever makes you money globally, right? But you can't criticize China, but you criticize things at home. Doesn't make sense. That's why I don't watch the NBA. It's trash. And to each his own, fine. I'm, I'm all good with it, fine. Fine. But I'm over it. I'm over the NBA. I'm over the defending it. I'm over, by the way, the NHL. Part of the reason why the NHL, you know, it, it is the way it is, is part of the reason why I love it is because they, is it, it's the effort part of it and also the ridiculous ability, the skill set. Big, fast, strong, skill set, right? And they're doing it on a blade. A little, little blade. They're skating up and down. Think about the hand-eye coordination and the balance and all those things that you need. How are hockey players not the best athletes in the world? It's absurd when you watch what they do. They're Again, they're doing it on a skate, people. LeBron James and the NBA players, they're running up and down in sneakers. Yes, they're amazing athletes. Yes, they're incredible players. Yes, their skill set is absurd. I get it. But part of the reason why the NHL 
doesn't get the love it, it should is because people don't understand the sport. They refuse to understand the sport as well. They refuse to. They refuse to they refuse to understand it and therefore they just kind of they go away from it, you know? I've made the effort to understand racing. I still don't like it. I've made the effort to understand boxing. I still don't like it. I love the history of it. I liked it when I was younger. Holyfield Tyson, Buster Douglas, those type of fighters, right? Like that back in a little bit more of a heyday, Riddick Bowe, those kind of guys. Okay. And then I just got away from it when the sport got bad. The product got horrendous. Just like the NBA. I don't watch a product that stinks. The NBA stinks. The product is horrible. The players don't care. Load management, inconsistency, politics, social, BLM, inconsistent with that. Defund the police, criticize all these different groups at home, but yet support China, a country that's literally killing people with no civil rights because you need Space Jam 2. You need the, the sneaker sales. You need the jersey sales. Give me a break. It's absurd is what it is. And by the way, Good luck trying to you know. Good luck trying to tell NHL fans that the sport doesn't matter and that it's not watched and all the rest in other places. It's so easy to get just totally, you know, wrapped into and living in your own cocoon, your own world, right? It's like I don't think people here know what Hideki Matsuyama winning in Japan means. It's like, oh my, you know, J Japan golf is is ridiculous. Millions upon millions upon millions of people were watching Matsuyama win the Masters there. You think about a share in the United States, like when sports, like an NBA game, gets like an eight share in the country. That's nothing compared to the amount of people that watched Matsuyama, who watched Matsuyama in Japan, win the Masters. When an Ichiro Suzuki or a Hideki Matsui comes over to the big leagues and you hear about, you know, man, you know, look at the pressure, look at the Japanese media. No, 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 no. Look where he came from. <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in your own little world. In other words, go look at the Canadian television ratings. And then I love the American sports fan who hates hockey. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's in Canada. Well, no, it does matter because it's a country and it is important to those people. Just because it's not important to you in the United States doesn't mean that it's not important to somebody else in another part of our world. The numbers are crazy. Hockey Night in Canada, Canadians, Maple Leafs, the Canadian League that they formed this year, the ratings are through the roof. And hockey in America might not be as big, just like soccer might not be, but don't go telling people in Barcelona about soccer not being important or tell people in Canada about hockey not being important or, frankly, in markets like, you know, Boston, New York, Philly, Chicago, Buffalo, where Sabre fans are dying, dying for a winner. And when the Sabres aren't in the playoffs, it's a top three, top five market in terms of watch, watchability, in terms of viewership in the Stanley Cup playoffs, so give me a break. And and I and I know passion, and I understand passion, even of sports that I don't like. That's why I talked in the beginning of the show about NASCAR. Understanding, I understand people love the NBA. That's fine. To each his own. Fine, great. But poo pooing the NHL, poo pooing you know other things because you don't understand the sport is 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 irresponsible. It's just irresponsible. I mean, look at what the NHL tried to do. You know how you know how dense people, and then I'll get off this, but you know how dense people were for the longest time with hockey? 
to the point where Fox said, we're going to have to create a glowing puck to try to get people to come over and watch our games because people say that they can't follow the puck, which is nuts. Is it hard? Sure. Are there tip-ins? Of course. Is it the fastest sport out there? Absolutely. But following the puck, like, you, you can still follow the puck, like, end-to-end at least. You know, power play, you can follow it. You know, but that glowing puck drove me crazy because for me, somebody who was religiously into the game, it took away from my viewing. Anyway, I'm tired of the NBA. I'm tired of the BS. I'm tired of the inconsistency. I'm tired of LeBron. I'm tired of, 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 the, of, of the inconsistent talking points. I'm, I'm tired of... Uh, the China thing. I'm I'm tired of loan management. I'm tired of it, and that and all those things are why I don't watch the sport. Two quick hitters here uh, to end the show. Number one, Jackie Robinson Day was amazing. Obviously, um, you know April fifteenth every single year, just a tremendous, tremendous day. I love the tributes. I love forty two being worn throughout baseball. I think Roberto Clemente needs his day. I think his his number should re, be retired. I think that's long overdue uh, for the Latin portion of the sport. I think they should do the exact same thing for Clemente uh, that they do for Jackie Robinson. But look, Jackie Robinson's on the Mount Rushmore of Major League Baseball, and he he's immovable. You know, I mean, when you look at a Mount Rushmore, you look at everything. Obviously, you look at the the impact. You know, the generation. You look at you know winning. You look at uh, uh, you know the player. You look at. Um, uh, how they affected others, uh, making other people around him better, um, you know, how the sport grew when that player played, uh, and, and obviously, you know, the Hall of Fame quality, the player, you know, the stats and, and the success and all that go hand in hand. But with Robinson, I mean, you know, he, 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 I mean, everything changed. I mean, the day he went into baseball, everything changed. And it could have happened earlier, obviously, with many other people. Um, you know, so many of the Negro League stars could have happened, should have, should have happened with a ton of them, including, you know, the Josh Gibsons of the world and the Buck O'Neills and, you know, players like that. But, uh, you know, Larry Doby obviously became the first AL uh, player, uh, AL black player with the Indians. Uh, you know, Monty Irvin, it, it could have very well been Monty Irvin. Monty Irvin, you know, coming back from the war and he had a bad ear and he just wasn't physically ready. And part of it was him deciding. And he had talked about this many times when he was, uh, you know, continuing the fight for black baseball and being an ambassador for the sport. He had talked about it a million times. Like, you know, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't uh, at that time a really good player and my ear situation from the, the war. I had an injury. Uh, those things were real for Monty Irvin, right? And so um, Jackie ended up being the guy, and he ended up being the perfect guy. Uh, Branch Rickey got him. He was stoic. He was he was, he was was brave. Um, and, and then he played at a Hall of Fame level, you know, participating with the Dodgers, you know, making everybody around him better, making Hall of Famers better. He made Pee Wee Reese better. He made he made Duke Snyder better. I mean, my gosh, this guy was un- – he made Roy Campanella better. I mean, he was unbelievable. And then from there, obviously, the Dodgers were one of the most beloved teams in the history of, of baseball. The Brooklyn – you know, the 55 team that beat the Yankees, and they were in the World Series routinely. And uh, and then, of course, they moved to L.A. But uh, Jackie Robinson's place in the game is cemented. He's immovable on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, there's nobody. I mean, I think right now it's Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Jackie Robinson. I mean, those are the four guys for me. And, and they're probably immovable. I, I don't know how we can get to a point where, he, for as great as Mike Trout is, I mean, how are you going to move one of those other guys out for Mike Trout? You're going to move Jackie Robinson out for Mike Trout because Mike Trout put up better numbers? Jackie Robinson, I mean, (laughs) 
black players and Latino players are in the game right now because of Jackie Robinson. The game Mike Trout plays right now is because of Jackie Robinson. Um, the the impact part. There, Mike Trout might be the greater play. He will be the greater player all time. You know than, than Jackie Robinson probably. I mean, I think a lot of people might argue though. You know, Jackie because of the speed and 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 all the things that he played with and the great fielder. I mean, he was an amazing athlete at UCLA. I mean, he was he was a great basketball, football player. You know, in high school and and ran track and all that. High school and in college. I mean. It, when you talk about pure great athletes of all time, and he's right up there with the Jim Thorpes of the world and Jordan, and uh, you know, just from an athlete stand, Bo Jackson, just an athlete standpoint, um, he's right up there for sure. Um, you know, and Mike Trout probably will have the more polished career at the end of the day, but he won't have the impact Jackie did. You know, it's it's just he's immovable. I mean, he's just it's amazing what he did. It really is. And finally, through the years. You know, finally, the last 15, 20 years, we've seen this thing really pick up in the appreciation in a day dedicated to Jackie Robinson. I mean, it's just so, it's just so needed. It's so awesome. I love the tributes throughout baseball. And baseball is actually done, you know, we hammer on Rob Manfred a lot. We hammer on the sport a lot. I'm way down on the sport a lot, uh, uh, way down on the sport right now. I've talked about that a lot, if you've heard some of my shows, but, um, I just uh, really think baseball has done, you know, in conjunction with the Rachel Robinsons and when he was around Hank Aaron and, uh, you know, a lot of the black ball players and, and the ambassadors and when they were around the Buck O'Neills, you know, they, they've enhanced this thing every single year. I mean, they really have. They've done a really, really good job with it. The awareness of it, spreading it, getting more people involved. They have every year it's grown. And I think that's a really, really, really important thing for Major League Baseball. Final thing for me on this podcast is just to talk about, and I'm going to keep it in the baseball world here just just a little bit, Ronald Acuna Jr. is absurd. I mean, this guy, as I record this, had two hits, one of which was a home run, a couple of RBIs, killing people on the base pass. As I record this, he's hitting over 440. His OPS is over 1,400. So nearly 1,500 right now. And for all the Fernando Tatis talk and for all of the um, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's amazing with the Blue Jays, with all that talk and finding the next guy, the next guy, the next this, the next guy, Ronald Acuna Jr. to me is is a guy who's going to win you know, multiple batting titles. He's going to win, I think, at least one. I picked him to win the MVP this year. I think he's going to win an, at least an MVP. Might win multiple MVPs. This dude is so good. I mean, really, there's nothing on the baseball field this guy can't do. And for all of the ridiculous um, plays he makes and uh, the home runs and and the speed and the arm and and the glove, uh, he's still not getting as much attention a lot of times as Fernando Tatis. And I think if I had to choose one guy in Major League Baseball to build my team around for the next five to seven years, and he's only 23 years old, by the way, between that age group of, you know, that 19, 20, and 23, Four twenty-five years old. I think I'm taking Ronald Acuna Jr. I really do. Big time thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter to all of you, of course. 
Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. We are brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College, Welch and Company Jewelers, Stanley Law Offices, and our great, great friends over at the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. Log on to vcgtransforms.com today. Become a better leader both personally and professionally with the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. Also, a tip of the cap, thank you to Prestwick Golf and Rosie's Corner. All over the major platforms, go get my podcast. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshalls. Fall is a season of gathering that brings us together with warmth and color. So whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or a special event, celebrate your friends and family with a gorgeous bouquet from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to find your reason and brighten someone's day with exclusive offers and great values on bouquets and arrangements. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.